Hey, miserable bitches. We are back with another episode of Misery Manor. My name is Cody. My name's Emily. And, be <laughs> and before we get started, make sure you leave your manners at the door. <laughs> guys that's our celebratory song for a whole year of misery manor this time last year we were recording our very first episode which was a train wreck and a half oh it was more um, than a train wreck we didn't know it was a train wreck until we were about a month in but bitch and once we recorded it i was like bitch we ate that Girl, that was so good. We were going to be the number one podcast, bitch. Yes. And then I listened to it the next day. <gasps> I was like, oh, girl. Oh, my God. We realized that quickly? I thought we didn't realize for a oh, while. Oh, we realized it after we did the Holly Dunn episode. We were like, I think we need to redo the... Because you burped a couple times and was eating pizza. I had 13 cocktails and couldn't even remember what place we you were in the story. Literally drank half my bottle of vodka that i had in my freezer and we stayed up till 2 a.m on a school night well work night yeah. um so yeah and then the next day i was like honestly don't remember how it went but and i have never said the f word so much in my entire life i felt so bad because josh's mom <laughs> my boyfriend's mom was listening to it with layla in the car who i think at the time she was in eighth grade not that she people don't know who layla is not that well that's what i just said you said she was eight. Well, you didn't say who she eighth was. Eighth grade. Who? And this is Josh's niece. And um, not that she hasn't heard that word before, but I don't think she was expecting it every other word. And you were saying like cunt muffin and all oh, sorts of I weird. I know. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, stick to the story, Cody. Anyways, a whole year later, we've learned a lot. We've also learned, um, you know, maybe invest in a better mic before the 45th episode. Because some of those sound like we are underwater. <laughs> Yeah. That's like when people come to our podcast, I'm like, oh, great. You know, the last 20 have had really good sound. And then you go and listen to some of the other ones. And I'm like, Yee. it's not, it's not horrible, but it's just not good quality. Like in the car, you almost have to turn it up all the way. Yeah. So, and then our old, um, commercial promo. Yeah. Oh, the ad. hated that. But you know, you live and you learn. And after a year, we've learned a lot, but we've also been able to do a lot of great things. We've met a lot of cool, awesome people from all over the world. We got to film that awesome TV show that we had. To... I still haven't finished it. I can't. It was a lot of fun. And that it happened... was so much fun. And that happened early on. So that was just totally wild. Of... wild and so much fun. And we've met a lot of cool people, honestly. And um, we have. People and, are so nice. I know. And like y'all's messages when people are like, I hate my job, but like, I'll get through it because of y'all like that really, that makes it all validate like what we do. Cause obviously we love telling y'all true crime stories, but also we want to impact your life in some way, shape or form. That way I always say, if I were to die in a tragic accident, you'll always have this podcast to go back and listen to. <laughs> oh my God. But, um, or you. Yeah, like if you were to, we could all be like, oh, Emily. 
Oh, Emily, she barely talks oh, about Emily, anything. She did eight episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I get nervous. Okay. Going into 2023, it's going to be your year, honey. We're going to leave all that shit back in 2022, and you're going to be on top of it. I know it. Amen. All right, well, uh, moving along. So, this is funny. This has to do with Misery Manor Instagram. So okay. I, and if y'all got a weird message from me, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that the update on on uh, Instagram where you can, like, type, like, a little, I thought people were messaging us that, so I was responding to all of them. <laughs> so, like, when, when someone was, like, someone posted, like, up early to work out i thought they were asking me that so i responded yeah why and then i found out those were just like little status up or like little whatever like away messages like a little away messages nope i was responding to them okay well that's the first i've heard of that i saved that little treat for you oh my god were people <laughs> responding to you yes answering them that's why it took me forever to realize i was like what like Oh, that's what it is. Okay, cool. I thought they were for us. So I was, oh, just, oh my God, all these messages are coming in. <laughs> Anyways, embarrassing. Oh, uh, your Christmas cards went out. Yes, if you're a Patreon, your Christmas cards went out. So you should get those in the mail, post them, stick them on your face, on your butt, on your fridge, anywhere. Yeah. And they're cute. They and are cute. You can keep them up year around. And uh, speaking of Patreon, we have a new oh, Patreon. Holiday card. Holiday Sorry. card. Yes, holiday card. We have a new Patreon named Catherine, so welcome, Pat, uh, Catherine. We actually just recorded a new Patreon episode um, called, well, called. It's over the horrific abduction and murder of an eight-year-old girl named Cherish Periwinkle. Love that name. Strong name. Horrible story. It's It's sick. Rough. So if you want uh, exclusive episodes, come join our Patreon. We'd love to have you. Maybe you can ask for that for a Christmas present. You know, Mom, what I really want is to be a Patreon. That's all I want for Christmas this year. And please, when you become one, can you just, like, put your mailing address in there? I think the issue is, is they don't... So it's an app. So they need to download the app. You know, some people just go to oh, it on the browser. I thought it was supposed to prompt you to do it. I don't know. Who knows? But it's just, like, helpful. So then we can send you your stuff, you know? Yes, it is. I get really stressed out when you don't And I have it. to, like, track them down on Instagram. Like hey. I know. Anyways. All right, cool. So let's get into our story today. So this story actually has some little Christmas razzle-dazzle in it because it is the holiday season coming up. But, huh? I was going to say just like a disclaimer up front because Cody and I didn't really know how to address some of the people in the story. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't want to like step on anyone's toes or, you know, be insensitive. The I mean, it's your story. So maybe you want to. Oh, yeah. So the the girl that we're going to be dealing with today, um, I don't know the best way to say it, but she is mentally retarded. Like she has mental retardation. Some people say uh, uh, mental disability. Some people say um, intellectual disability. So however you want. That's that, I mean, just keep that in mind for the right. story. We're not going to like keep addressing it. Right. Um, what did you say? She has like a mind of like a, a 14 year old, but she's like 30. She's so 30, yeah. we just want to put that up there up front because I don't have a lot of knowledge about that. And I don't, I mean, Cody researched a little bit and those were the word like politically correct words that we could find. Um, so we yep. just want to be sensitive to that because, right. you know, you know, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are we, Amir? All right, yes. cool. So on today's episode, we are going to be discussing the senseless and horrific murder of Jennifer Lee Daughtery. So Jennifer was tortured, she was raped, she was beaten, and she was murdered by her so-called friends, and they subjected her to the worst of conditions. So when the group of six were done, they wrapped Jennifer's dead and beaten body up in Christmas lights and wrapping paper and simply just threw her away in the trash. So like I said earlier, or like Emily said, to make matters even harder to comprehend, Jennifer was mentally retarded and she had the mind of a 14 year old. So to Jennifer, her attackers were her friends and up until she died, she could not comprehend why her friends would do something like this to her. So let's get into the story, starting off with some background information on Jennifer. And I promise after I do this story, I'm going to stop with the friends betraying each other and killing each other. It is a thing. It's, it's with a you. thing recently, and I don't know why. So I promise this is going to be the last one for a little bit. Pray for me because I'm scared. <laughs> so Jennifer Lee Daughtery, who also went by the name of Jen, was born November 8th, 1979 in Mount Pleasant, Pennsylvania, to parents Richard Daughtery and Denise Murphy. So after a few years, her parents got divorced, and later on, Denise went on to marry a guy named Bobby Murphy, who then obviously became Jennifer's stepfather. So Jennifer had two loving sisters and a brother, and though she was never in a Although there was never an official diagnosis for Jennifer, it was able to determine that she did have a severe mental disability. Okay. So all throughout school, though, Jennifer was in special, special education classes. And because of her disability and somewhat different outer, outer appearance, she often became the topic of bullying, was made fun quite a lot because people are mean. So in one instance, Jennifer had come home from school when she was in the fifth grade and she was crying and she was screaming for her mom and her mom's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Come to find out a punk ass high schooler had stuck a wad of chewed bubble gum in her hair. So her hair was all matted together. She was crying. She couldn't process it. She was in fifth grade and a high schooler did that to her. Oh, I didn't realize it was a high schooler that yeah did a that high schooler her. did it to a little fifth grader like That's... probably trying to show off to their friends mm -mm. so with this mental disability jennifer often would struggle with social cues and had somewhat of like odd behavior from people looking at her from the outside in right yeah. so jennifer would like randomly laugh she would sing randomly and her mother said she would often dance down the street as opposed to walking um, so when Jennifer would have these odd behaviors at school or in public, the kids would yell mean names at her, like the R word, or they would call her idiot or like stupid. It's not odd behavior. She's just like simply pure, innocent. And happy. Right. Like, oh, she's just happy. Go lucky. Yeah, yeah exactly. And odd meaning like it, it I used for, to, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And I used to work. Um, I remember I was the aide for the special education class and, you know, sometimes they'll just be in class and obviously just get like a laughing spurt out of nowhere. <laughs> and you're like, what's going on? I think it's adorable, but that's what I meant by like out of the norm behavior. Oh, yeah. for no, the I, I wasn't like trying to like say that I, I'm just saying for like other people to right. see like how, even though she was like, when we get to that point when she's like 30 years old, but she's really like 14. Like exactly. She's just oh, so innocent. Right. Like a kid. And, yeah. Yeah. So anytime the kids though in school would say stuff like this to her, Jennifer's sister said that um, Jennifer would just be like, quote, they're teasing me because they like me. That's so sweet. she 
was purely innocent and she could not read the cl- the cues that people were giving off. So she just thought they were just teasing her because they liked her, which, hey, that, you know, anything. And like her mom might have told, like my mom would say that, like about like boys when you're yeah. little, like, they're teasing you. They have a crush on you. They have a you. crush on you. And you're like, so everybody has a crush on me. Yeah, because <laughs> everyone's mean to me. <laughs> so Jennifer did not let the bullying or hate, though, get in the way of her happiness. Her friends described her as very happy go lucky bubbly, joyous, friendly, and super loving. Her family said that her quirks were just part of her charm. Her mom said, quote, she liked to have fun. She was trusting. She made friends very easily. She loved to dance and she loved to sing. So Jennifer also liked horror movies. She loved wrestling. She loved playing cards as well as playing and watching football. So she liked to do it all, honey. So, and although for the most part, Jennifer was indeed happy-go-lucky, her family did state that sometimes Jennifer would get upset and express how she wished that she could just be, quote, normal, and that her dream was to have a loving husband, a job, a beautiful home, and kids. And so, oddly enough, though, the job that interests Jennifer the most, and she considered it her, quote, dream job, was to be a mechanic. Okay. I was like, well, that's freaking awesome. And this is why. So one summer, Jennifer worked with her uncle, who was a mechanic, in his shop, and she absolutely loved it. She loved getting her hands dirty. She loved putting the pieces together. It was almost like a puzzle for her, right? And like Mm -hmm. solving it. And she was spending time with her uncle. And her mom said that she would come home from work every day with her uncle, and she would like smear the grease and dirt Mm -hmm. all over her. And she would have the biggest smile on her face because she told her mom that she felt good, hard, like working hard, and that she felt like she accomplished something that day. So she loved working in that that. industry or (laughs) that field, (laughs) that industry. So Jennifer did face some challenges, though, obviously, from time to time to time Uh, to start. Her family said that she had a mind of a 14 year old. So she had a really hard time keeping a job. Now, keep in mind, um, and you and I were talking about this earlier, um, Uh, individuals who are often in special education classes tend to go to high school for up until like 30, 25, 30s. I think it's, they have more of those, like, what is it? Those home at classes where they figure out how to live on their own. And I'm sure it's different state by state, but yeah, they have like different programs or whatever that they're in. I mean, if you were teaching in them, you knew, but like I, I had a friend in high school that we were, um, library aides together and she was like 21 and she was like always giving us shit about like the Dewey decimal system and all that shit like putting the books together and she'd be like Emily you didn't sign in today and I'm like oh my god I'm sorry Marianne like oh that's cute but she was such a sweetheart yeah in ours like in our special education wing it had like washers and dryers Uh and they would learn how to do all that kind of stuff so she is older like you said earlier but just keep in mind she is still in high school okay okay um so yeah like i said jennifer did say uh face some challenges from time to time she had the mind of a 14 year old some sources say it was actually like of a like a 10 year old but for the most part they said around 14 12 to 14 maybe like emotionally it was a little different right and she had a really hard time keeping a job so as jennifer got older though she wanted more and more independence so her family allowed her to live in a group home with other like-minded individuals so jennifer was working up to save money to be able to afford an apartment on her own someday so just as a reference At the time of her murder, Jennifer was just weeks away from moving into her very own place. And she was obviously so excited. She had already picked out decor, furniture, and she could not wait to make her apartment feel like home. Okay. 
So that's devastating. Yeah. So like I said, Jen had just recently turned 30 and she was trying to carry out her plan for independence. So this part gets a little bit confusing, but basically she had to prove that she could, she had to qualify for housing and get like a, okay. um, what is it? Like a, a funding for her apartment. So part of the deal was to live 60 days in the Greenberg shelter for the unhoused. Okay. So once they realize, once you live there, then they can determine, okay, she did checked all these boxes. She's able to live on her own. Right. Um, and then they would fund that housing for well, you. Because also like if you're like in an apartment, you have to be careful for yourself. Right. There's other people living there. And then also careful for the other people living there. Like right. not so leaving I, gas on and right. like things like that. You know, not saying people, whatever, she wasn't capable of like knowing that. Right. Just saying, Shit. I didn't. The first time I put on a gas stove, I about put the whole house on fire. Josh was like, uh, what is that smell in here? And I was like, what? Because you know, it goes tick, 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 yes, tick. Yes, I it... like accidentally did it the other day. Oh, yeah. And my friend like freaked out. <laughs> yeah, Josh was like, what is that? So every time I do it now, I make sure. So Jen, same girl. I had those. I struggled with that as well. But basically, she had to stay in this house for 60 days to prove to them that she was capable of living on her own. So it was kind of like a trial run. Like, let's okay. see how you do. And she did fine. So she was able to qualify for the housing um, and get the funding for her apartment. So her mom was very worried, though, about Jennifer living alone. Because remember, she has the mind of a teenager. Well, also, it's her daughter. Like, right. my it's mom still gets worried about me, like, driving at night. Or, right. Like, yeah. Um, but Jennifer, however, was very determined to live on her own. So her mother supported her daughter's hopes and dreams. So they even went out to go pick out dishes and bedding for Jennifer's new apartment together. They did, like, a little girl shopping trip together That's and sweet. went to go pick out stuff. So Jennifer had recently, though, met some new friends in Greenberg, uh, Pennsylvania, while visiting their community center for counseling. So Jennifer had a very hard time making friends. So her mom was so excited for her, but also worried for her because she would go to this counseling center and come back home and talk about all these friends that she had met. And these friends, I'm putting quotations around them because these are the friends that we're going to be talking about in the story. OK, okay. so after meeting these friends, Jennifer made a Facebook post saying, quote, I'm going to make a new start for myself and make some new friends. So, according to her stepfather, she would travel uh, by herself on a bus from her home in Mount Pleasant to Greensburg, which was only about 10 miles away. Okay. So, Jennifer would go there for dental or counseling appointments. And while there, Jennifer had came in contact with some people that she considered her friends at a community center. Okay. Now, these friends are not friends. And all of these group of six that we're going to be talking about today are um they all have known each other like i was reading some of them met in prison and jail so these people though are not i tried to see if they you know also were suffering suffering with mental, like why they were at the community center right but i couldn't find anything that they they had any you know mental um, right impairments okay. but they I were mean, just unsavory characters. Right. And I think that they chose Jennifer because one, she was probably really nice and did stuff well, for them. And two, she was an easy target. They were probably at the community center if they've been in jail or something. Maybe they oh, were that's doing... true. And counseling was there yeah. as well. So people were going there for different reasons. Yeah. Um. So anyway, so Jennifer, in her mind, thought that these were her best friends. So... So according to her stepfather, she would only travel by bus from her home um, and, to, and she would go to these dental appointments and counseling counseling appointments and there was never any issues. Right. Right. 
But on February 8, 2010, Jennifer told her mom and her dad that she actually wanted to spend the night at one of the friend's house, that she was going to take the bus to Mount Pleasant to Greensburg, just like she had always done. She was like, Mom, I met this friend. I really like her. You know, her name's Peggy. Can I please stay the night at her? And then I'll just wake up in the morning and go to my appointment. And they were like, sure. So they didn't think anything of it. She had always talked so good about Peggy and um, you know, her parents were trying to give her the respect and, you know, try to make decisions like that on her own. So right before she left for the bus, she left a mo her mom a note saying, quote, I hope that you will have a good day and at work. And I also love you very much. I will talk to you sometime later. I love that. So Jennifer's stepfather then drove her to the bus stop. And just before leaving, she kissed him on the cheek and said, I love you. See you soon. And she got on the bus. But that was the last time that they would ever see their daughter. So Jennifer had made plans to spend the night with her 27-year-old uh, friend, Peggy Miller. Now, Peggy also lived with 17-year-old Angela Marinucci and 23-year-old Ricky, who were dating. Okay? So Angela and Ricky are dating. Okay. So according to an, a document from 2010... Um, some of these friends had met up with Jennifer when she got off at the bus station in Greensburg. So those that three, day, that day. So those three friends were 20 year old Amber Mittinger, 20 year old Melvin Knight, who are dating and 37 year old Robert Lauren Masters. So throughout this, I'm going to talk about obviously what these six do, but just to reference Peggy and Robert don't take part in the actual torture and like, physical aspect of it okay i just want you to keep that in mind okay okay so at the time amber was pregnant with melvin's baby so melvin melvin, mm -hmm. melvin. okay robert and peggy are the fifth and sixth Six. yes okay so they, we have angela and ricky ricky and then you have melvin and you have angela amber jesus okay. <laughs> no, sorry so according to a document Jennifer had told Amber, now remember, she Jennifer cannot pick up on social cues, right? She told Amber that she was going to marry Ricky, who is Amber's boyfriend. And Amber even said that she had saw Jennifer flirting with Ricky and that Ricky was even flirting back. So she was pissed, to say the least. And Amber and Melvin were staying at a nearby hotel. And Angela went back to them to tell them about what she had witnessed. She was like, Jennifer is flirting with Ricky. I don't know who the fuck she thinks she is. So Angela calls Ricky and says, quote, you better not be with that bitch. Now, I'm not trying to be insensitive, but there's no way that these people don't know that Jennifer is suffering from some sort of mental disability. So, like, right. even if she is flirting with him, give her a break, you know? Yeah. Them. But it's so strange because they're all so vastly like an age, like apart, like oh, no, 17, 17, 30, 27. Did yes. You like it's just. I know. So she's pissed. So eventually Amber, Peggy, Jennifer, Angela, Ricky, Melvin and Robert all ended up at Peggy's apartment. And Jennifer, like I said, was staying the night with Peggy. So according to witness testimony, in the middle of the night, Jennifer did get up from her bed and she tried to get intimate with Ricky, but he said that he turned her away because Who he said that right that in testimony. Okay. So this is not Jennifer obviously saying this. This is the friend saying this. So but apparently he turned her away because he did not want to upset Angela. 
So things did not take a turn until the next day. So that night they all just went to bed. And when Angela decided, um, sorry, Jennifer decided to not go to her doctor's appointment like she had planned. So instead wow. she gets up, she decided she's not going to go. She's just going to re can't like reschedule. She ate breakfast. She decided to take a shower. And while she was in the shower, Ricky went up to Angela and said, look, I don't want to upset you, baby, but Jennifer tried to come on to me last night, but don't worry. I turned her away. Like, you don't have to worry about anything. So Angela was livid and she said, quote, nobody is having sex with my man. Okay. Well, baby, maybe you'd need to then. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to get it elsewhere. So from then on, it was a snowball effect. So the group of six had decided it was time to mess with Jennifer. They started off by going through Jennifer's purse. I mean, she's in the shower during this. So they started going through Jennifer's purse and belongings and taking anything of value that they could. So jewelry, money, phone, etc. Then they grabbed mouthwash and other liquids and dumped it in her purse, as well as on her clothing and her overnight bag that she had packed. So now all of her belongings are drenched. That is so weird. And just like. Minty. Minty, fresh. So when Jennifer got out of the shower and noticed what her friends were doing, she was like, what are you doing to my stuff? Like, please don't. Like, what did I do to deserve this? But the group did not care about her cries and her pleads. And instead, they all took turns hitting her in the head with soda bottles. Because, you know, those bitches are heavy. And um, like a crutch stick. Glass like, soda bottles? No, like the big gallon ones with like the liquid <gasps> in it. Oh! And um, a crutch, like, because there was a random crutch there. And they were all, like, laughing and calling her horrific names. So at one point, one of the guys then grabbed Jennifer. Wait, did it, does it say any of the names? What, that they called her? No. Okay, because I was wondering if any of them were insensitive to, like, some of um, the issues that she had. I'm sure. So then it would prove that they did know that. That they did know. Yeah, it doesn't say. Okay. So um, at one point, one of the guys then grabbed Jennifer by the neck and choked her against the wall. Jennifer then obviously kicked and struggled to breathe, but when she was released, um, she kind of fell down to the floor and she was crying hysterically. She was saying, like, why are you doing this to me? Please stop. I'm scared of you. You're hurting me. That breaks my heart. I'm scared of you. And the group of friends were laughing and making fun of her because Jennifer was crying and calling for her mom. So, you know. Is that the 17-year-old? All of them. All oh, they of them were all making fun, fun of her because she's crying for her mom and she's scared and her mom is her best I friend and I would call for my mom. Like one of the worst moments in my life, like when all that shit happened, like a couple years ago, like I literally was like, mom, I wanted my mommy. When like, I have a stomach ache, I still call my mom. I'm like, mom, oh, baby, I have died. I've been there with you. <laughs> like mom, help. But yeah. So as a group of friends were laughing and making fun of her, uh, Angela and Amber picked Jennifer up off the ground and led her into the bathroom and shut the door behind them. So Jennifer said, please don't. I'm so sorry. I'm scared. What are you going to do? But they pushed her against the towel rack and began kicking and punching her in the face. Oh, and Angela said, kicking and punching, punching her, in, her the in the face. How? So do you want me to show you really quick? Well, I mean, like was she laying down, like <laughs> she probably fell to the ground. They were kicking oh. her, you know, she's hunched over. Oh. So, Angela said, quote, this is what you get for trying to sleep with my man, bitch. And Jennifer said, no, like, I didn't. I promise. Like, I, I promise you I didn't. But Angela did not believe Jennifer's claims. And they continued to punch her, slap her, pull her hair, and kick her all over. So after a few minutes of getting beat up by Amber and Angela, Melvin wants to join in the fun. 
fun. I use that word very lightly. So Melvin grabbed Jennifer and dragged her into the living room of the apartment where Ricky joined him. And the two began soaking Jennifer with water until she was drenched. She just got out of the shower. Well, she's naked at this point. So, so or soaked in water, right? I don't know. She's soaked in water. Well, I'm just saying they're stupid. So then the two guys grabbed spices and oatmeal from the pantry and just um. dumped it on Jennifer's head. So that it would like burn her eyes and that she would just be covered in oatmeal and spices all over her body. Okay, these people are... I think they're just using anything that they can inside their house, right? Obviously, Jennifer was crying hysterically. She was like, guys, I can't see anything. It burns. Please stop. I'm so sorry. I mean, I'm sure it was like Tahin, Tony, all that all over her. So, but the guys continued as the girls watched and laughed. So after a while, the guy said, God, you smell awful. Get back in the shower. So poor girl has been waterlogged. <laughs> I mean, she took a shower. Then they yeah. drenched her. And now she's getting back in the shower. Seasoned her. And then put her back in the shower. The so Jennifer ran into the bathroom and took a shower. But she came back out. Um, and the they were they had her luggage and yeah, all her clothes. she had no clothes. Right. And so they threw it out the window. So that she would just have to be forced to stand there naked. So they were like, we're not done with you. Um, So they basically made her obviously be naked in front of all of them while they laughed and pointed at her and made fun of her. And they made her watch as they chunked her clothes out of the window. And she's like, oh my gosh, what do I do now? She just go out there and get it? So they took it. No. Oh, because she's naked. Well, and they're, do you think they would let her? Oh, because there's so many of them. So they took out a chair and told Jennifer to sit down. So where the friends then took turns shaving her head. So oh. as Jennifer cried and wept for them to stop, they made her get a broom and then they said, fucking clean it up. So she had to clean up her own hair from the ground. So once Jennifer had cleaned her hair off the ground to the group's likings, Melvin then stuck a rag in her mouth and raped her and like took her in a back bedroom and raped her because in one of the trials, one of the friends say that she opened up the door and all she could see was Jennifer on the ground with the rag in her mouth, Melvin on top of her raping her and her just looking horrified in the face. Were they all tried separately? Yes. Shit. So he rapes her. When they get done, they then force Jennifer to drink laundry detergent and several liters of vegetable oil. So she's like stuffed with this. Then they took turns stomping on her chest and on her stomach, like kicking her and jumping on her stomach, which obviously makes her throw up. So that night, Angela left with Amber and Ricky to go get some medication that she had to pick up either from CVS, Walgreens, who knows. So Jennifer was just left with Melvin, Peggy and Robert. Jennifer thought, okay, well, there's only three people here. Maybe this would be a good time for me to try to. Yeah, but one is the one that raped her, which is super scary. Exactly. So Jennifer did try to attempt to escape. So either she made too much noise in the process and alerted the group, or she was not quick enough to get away. Regardless, she was caught and the group was pissed. So Melvin brought Jennifer back into the apartment and quickly called Angela, Amber, and Ricky to let them know what happened. So he was like, Jennifer tried to escape. We caught her and now we're watching over her, but you you guys need to hurry back so we can continue. So Angela, Amber, and Ricky hurried back to Peggy's apartment. And when they got there, they immediately just started taking turns hitting Jennifer. Like, how dare you try to escape? What the fuck are you thinking? Um, and then they forced her to take Angela's medication in an attempt to drug her and like 
make her like, you know, not fight back. Right. So after hours of more beating, the group eventually decided to just go to bed. They were worn out and they just kind of left Jennifer on the floor in the living room. She was battered. She was drugged. She was beaten. She was just naked and I'm sure exhausted. So Jennifer was the last one to wake up the next morning. And apparently that morning, her and Jennifer or her and Angela were actually in the kitchen together and they got in a small argument about soda. I don't know what the argument is, but it pissed Angela off. So she pushed Jennifer to the ground. And in the process, Jennifer had somehow need Angela probably to catch herself. And Angela began to scream and cry. And she was like, oh my God, you bitch, you killed my baby. What? Which ended up being a lie because Angela's not even pregnant. She was just telling everybody that and Ricky just for like, I guess she wanted attention. Okay, well, what happens in nine months when she don't have a baby? <laughs> well, she'll probably say Jennifer killed it. Oh, so okay. Ricky, who I guess believed Angela was pregnant, went up to Jennifer furious. And he was like, if you killed my baby, why should I let you live? And that's a quote. So Jennifer was like, no, 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 no. I didn't mean to. Angela pushed me and I actually need her on the fall. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. So the group of them decided that she's being super rebellious and that she needs to be, you know, she needs to behave. So they call a, quote, family meeting. Ew. And they decide that Jennifer was just too disobedient. Therefore, she needed to be locked up. So once the meeting concluded, they locked Jennifer in the bathroom. So once Jennifer was in this bathroom... Amber hit Jennifer in the head with the towel rack over and over again. And Angela then peed in a cup and they forced Jennifer to drink it. But that wasn't satisfying enough because I guess, I don't know, I guess she drank it without any issues, I guess. So then they took a shit in the cup and pee peed in it again and then mixed it as a concoction, like a poo-poo-pee-pee concoction and had her drink that. And obviously she was like hell no i'm not doing that oh my god so they not beat, the poo poo they beat her in the head until she finally drank the piss in the poop concoction so they weren't done there though they also made another concoction wait did her. she keep that down no she threw up but they also made another concoction of her containing piss and poo poo again crushed up pills and bleach ew what are they using to mix this with I have no clue, but I was imagining their fingers. (laughs) So once that was over, they dragged Jennifer into the living room where they bound her hands and wrists with Christmas lights and garland in an attempt to make her look like a Christmas tree. And they wanted to just light her up. But the lights weren't working. So Amber was like, hey, well, why don't we just draw on her face with nail polish? So as Jennifer was bound, they drew on her face with nail polish and even forced her to drink it. And, and her face was covered in purple and red nail polish. These people. So after this, the group of six called another family meeting where they were going to vote on whether or not to kill Jennifer or just let her live. However, after an anonymous vote. Unanimous. Unanimous. Yeah. I always get unanimous and anonymous mixed up. Yeah. Anonymous is a. Secret. Secret. Unanimous <laughs> is like, baby, we all voted the same. Yeah. Anonymous <laughs> is like, you like don't know who it is. So unanimously, they voted to kill her. So the, the group discussed that it would be best if they make it look like Jennifer committed suicide. Which, hello, after everything that she's been through, how? She, they're going to find her with nail polish on her face, and that's going to be the suicide and story. And she's completely tied up. And she has poo-poo and teeth, like, from you inside yeah. of her. No, ma'am. And rape. Yeah. 
So they made Jennifer write a note to make it look like a suicide note. And the plan was that they were going to put the note inside of her like jean jacket. So whenever she was caught, they would read the note or found, sorry, they would read the note. So this is what the note said. Quote, I haven't been very happy in a while. And I also feel that everyone would be better off without me on earth. I will always love my mom and my stepdad, no matter what. And I will always love the rest of my family. Also, my nieces and nephews would be lucky to have a better aunt than me. I'm done with life. Goodbye, Jennifer. What's so disturbing about that is the fact that like they knew she had a, a stepfather mm-hmm. and a mom and that she had nieces and nephews. Right. Like, I actually think maybe she wrote that because she knew she was going to die. I mean, like some, not the part like, you know, I haven't been very happy, but, you know, I think in a way she was also saying like, I am telling y'all bye, you know? So the whole time Jennifer was writing this letter, she was sobbing and crying, they said. And she was like, please, no. Because remember, Jennifer was so excited about moving into her new apartment. And that was just weeks away. She had big hopes and dreams for the future. And she was just ecstatic. And she didn't want her life to end. So once Jennifer was done, Ricky handed Melvin a knife and said, quote, you know what to do. Ew, I so, hate these people. So Melvin and Amber took Jennifer back to the ba- uh, bathroom, shut the door behind them and said, quote, are you ready? And Jennifer said, quote, yes. Oh, my God. So then Amber turned off the lights. So the three of them just stood in the pitch black and they could just hear the sobbing from Jennifer. Melvin then took the knife and stabbed Jennifer in the chest three times and then slashed her throat. So Jennifer immediately fell to the ground, gasping for air. So despite bleeding profusely, Jennifer was still clinging on to life. Melvin noticed that she was still alive. So he opened the bathroom door and yelled out to the others, quote, the bitch still ain't dead. So Ricky ran back into the bathroom, grabbed a knife and slit Jennifer's wrist. But Jennifer was still alive. So then Ricky and Melvin grabbed the Christmas lights, looped it around her neck and strangled her by both pulling at opposite ends, kind of like yeah. tug of war with her in the middle. Yeah. So according to the autopsy report, Jennifer died from a combination of all of her wounds, but she ultimately died from the stab wound to her chest, which penetrated her left lung and her heart. So the coroner estimated that she was likely alive through most of this, but lost uh, consciousness for about six minutes before dying. So Jennifer Lee Daughtery died after being tortured from anywhere from 36 to 48 hours um, straight. So once Jennifer was confirmed dead, the group then held their third family meeting to decide how to get rid of her body. So the group decided it would be best to wrap her in plastic or wrapping paper, stick her in a garbage can and stick her in the middle school parking lot. They placed her body in the trash can and let it uh, left it in the snow-covered parking lot in the middle of the middle school. So she was obviously found shortly after. And I almost said, well, that doesn't make much sense. But none of this fucking makes sense. None of it. <laughs> the spices, the Christmas, I, I just, the nail polish. So Jennifer's mom and stepfather had been worried, obviously, because Jennifer hadn't been home in days. Um, and they met her. They were supposed to meet her at the bus station. When they got there, she never showed up. So they called her cell phone. Well, she also didn't go to her doctor's appointment. Nope. So they called her cell phone over and over again um, with no answer. Um, Although, weirdly enough, her voicemail was changed. And you can hear Melvin saying, quote, you have received the voicemail of Melvin, Amber, and Jules. And according to Melvin, when he was asked about this in court, Jules was the name of their unborn baby. So he took her phone and now it was theirs. So they didn't think that through. 
I'm sure that fetus was getting a Proud. lot of um, messages. Right. So her parents heard on the news that a body had been found on February 11th and immediately they worried that it could be Jennifer. So they called the police and were told to go to the police station to identify her. So Jennifer's mom said that she could barely recognize Jennifer from the photos that they showed her because she, her face was so swollen. She was bruised and obviously her skin was covered in nail polish. She had no hair. No hair. So obviously the plan of the group had was to make it look like a suicide, but it was severely flawed. And <laughs> after only a few hours, Angela was brought in to be questioned by the police as well as all of them. And the news had named them the Greenberg Six. And they were urging the prosecutors to seek the death penalty for them for how severe they had treated Jennifer. So since since Angela was only 17 when the murder happened, she did not qualify for the death penalty. She was, however, given a life sentence without the possibility of parole due to her part in the crime, which looking back, I was like, damn, she's probably the one that deserves it the most. She was involved in literally every aspect of her murder. And just because yeah. she's 17, she spared no, ma'am. So, so right. So Melvin gave a confession of what happened that night. And while hearing his confession tape being played in the courtroom, Melvin actually started to laugh and had a smile on his face. Okay. So he pled guilty to Jennifer's first and second degree murder, her kidnapping and conspiracy to murder. I guess not rape though. So Robert was Robert, who was the one that did not participate, um, was sentenced to 30 to 70 years in prison Good. after pleading guilty to third degree murder, a conspiracy to commit murder and abduction. Amber pleaded guilty to the same offenses, but received a sentence of 40 to 80 years in prison. Now, Peggy received 35 to 74 years in prison. Um, it was reported that the prosecution was seeking the death sentence for Melvin, Ricky, and Amber, but Amber did not receive a death sentence um, because she decided to plead guilty in court. And did she have her baby in prison? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Angela definitely didn't. <laughs> so the police did not accuse Robert and Peggy of participating in the entire act of torture, which is why their sentencing was so much like it wasn't live. Mm -hmm. However, the evidence of the confessional tapes from the other suggests that they were part of the meetings that which took place that was planned to kill her. Right. So they voted to plan. Uh, they voted to kill her. However, although Peggy and Robert didn't exactly take part in the torture or the murder, it was revealed in court that there was an instance where Robert and Peggy were left alone with Jennifer and Jennifer had asked them, quote, please let me go or can you call for help? But instead of helping her, they just called the others into the room like, hey, y'all need to come in here. So they had also voted for Jennifer to be murdered. So they could have easily put a stop to this whole thing and nobody in the uh, prosecution was going to let them get by with this. So Robert and Peggy's lawyers attempted to argue that they were scared of the others and feared that they would be murdered too if they did not do what they were told. I feel like that always happens. They're going to yeah. play that they were scared. So both Peggy and Robert would make tearful pleas for leniency. Okay. So Robert cried and told the courtroom, I was scared for my life. I should have done something, but I didn't because I was scared. Can the family forgive me? No. And then Peggy said, quote, I am sorry. I am guilty. She was my friend. I should not have voted for her to die. V v bitch, this ain't American Idol. Shut the fuck up. 
Oh my God, I hate these people so much. So Jennifer's family responded to their statements and asked the judge for them to receive the harshest sentences possible. So Jennifer's sister, Joyce, said, quote, I love her. She said, quote, you had my sister as a friend. She loved you, Peggy, and valued you. You didn't value her. She probably, you probably value a hairbrush more than you value Jennifer. And after that, she also said, Jennifer was exploited and her kindness and her handicap made her very vulnerable to them. So according to Jennifer's parents, whatever happened to her could not be justified in any way. They said, quote, no. Jennifer did not have a single mean bone in her body. And just to wrap this up, outside of the court, Bobby, who's Jennifer's stepfather and basically like a father to her, said, yeah. quote, closure is Jennifer coming back to us and Jennifer won't come back. So there will never be closure. I hated that story so much. I know. And the pictures of her, doesn't she just look like such a sweetie? Yeah, she's she did. She's smiling and she's just... The one where she's like in that... Is she in like a little blue dress or something? She's I know. Like and she has a little curls. barrettes in the uh -huh. back of her hair. She's adorable. But um, yeah, tough, tough, tough story. But on a lighter yes. note, it's the holiday... Week, it's the holiday, holiday season. season. So whatever you choose to celebrate, whether it's Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas, maybe none... Yeah. Enjoy the few days off yes. that you have for work and just spend it doing whatever makes you happy, whether that's with your friends, your families, your loved one, especially after doing so many of these crime documentaries. Just make sure you hug your family and friends extra tight this holiday season. Be careful out driving. Because yes. People are insane. Yes, people are insane. And if you're if you live close to us, like in the Houston or even Dallas area, there's going to be a severe freeze. 80% of like the country is getting like super cold weather. Right. So, so bundle up. If you want a sweater, we do have merch. <laughs> so, uh, there you go. So oh, we should do the little plug in. So if you want a, some, uh, a sweater, sweater weather, go to our Instagram or just go to miserymanorpodcast.com and you can buy a sweatshirt. Rate, review, subscribe, yes, please. be a Patreon. Yes, please write, review, subscribe and be a Patreon. It's in our Instagram bio. Thanks, at guys. Misery Manor. At Misery Manor Podcast. Bye. Bye. See y'all next week. Wait, what's it, Misery?